Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Were Born for this podcast with Father John Ricardo, Mary Guilfoyle. We're a couple of missionaries at Acts 29. This is the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. Mary, how are you? I'm doing great, Father John. And you? I'm doing phenomenal. We just came back from an extraordinary time of grace with yes, uh, Bishop Groose and the priest from the Diocese of Saginaw. And uh, I just keep going back to the comment that you made you make it often, but I, I love the first time you said it. It's like we get a front row seat to watch God show off. And um, it was just a tremendous time away. So, yeah, flying high. Yeah, so thank thank all of you um, for your prayers in a special way. Bishop Groose is just a remarkable shepherd. How blessed those priests are, Father John, to have his leadership, his courage, his wisdom. And this is a man who truly has... Uh, the heart of the father, heart of a spiritual father. And uh, yeah, so still, I think, on a on a spiritual high. Yeah, and it was just a great time to be with the brothers. Just some just extraordinary men. It was really overwhelmingly, uh, overwhelmingly a time of grace. But now we got a new topic. What is our topic today? We do. For our today? topic today is a time to detox. Time to detox. <laughs> <laughs> Take pray. us away, Father. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Uh, Lord, we just entrust this conversation into your hands right now. We pray that it would be what you desire it to be. We thank you for your kindness and your love and your grace. We thank you that you're constantly calling us to waste time with you and with your son and with the spirit, to be recharged, to be energized, be filled with truth, confidence, hope, joy, all the things that the daily events of life are constantly threatening. We pray for our brothers and sisters who are listening, who most need to hear you right now. We just pray that you would speak into their hearts and their minds the words that you know we all most need. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we are uh, away on retreat this week, a number of us on our team. So it's... Um, a good time for us as a priest, you know, I make an annual retreat and over the last number of years, it's just been a grace to, to spend that with, uh, with others. And so we're recording this a little bit ahead of time so that as you're listening, we're, we're away at an undisclosed location in an underground bunker, <laughs> wasting time with Jesus and, uh, in the presence of one another, which is a real gift. But we just thought it was a, this would be a great chance as, as we were preparing for what the Lord wants to do with us on retreat just to talk about the importance of getting away, you know, or the importance of not even, I'm not talking even physically get away, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, quote unquote, get away with the Lord, you know, daily, weekly, annually. That getting away is like more like um, making time. Yeah, making like time. Like making room and making space yeah. throughout the day, throughout our weeks, throughout the year just creating good habits to make room for the Lord to come in and speak to our hearts. Yeah, even as you say that, I'm reminded of a, a, a line I forget I heard. I probably came up with it. No, I mean, like you, <laughs> you quote people so often. It's like, I think I said that. Um, but the line is that you always have time for what you love. You always have, like, I'll work out at two in the morning if I have to, just because mm -hmm. I love to work out. You know, like, I watch highlights of a Michigan mm -hmm. game at four in the morning just because, like, I want to watch Michigan football. You always have time for what you love, always. And, and so, the people that you love, well, right? Well, most importantly, yeah. the people you love. Absolutely, right? that's the point. And so that's what we're talking about right now is 
trying to get into great habits to spend time with the Lord. And, you know, we were, when we were on Saginaw, I think it was Nick was saying to the guys, we were sharing our essential principles for transformation. And at one point he just said, you know, th- these are so equivalent to um, uh, physical transformation, you know, like being healthy. And so like everybody knows what you need to do to be healthy. It's not like it's a mystery. Like I got to eat, I got to exercise, I got to sleep. Nobody doesn't know that. It's just, we don't do it, <laughs> right? We just don't have habits. And so I've always found one of the greatest gifts I think the Lord has given to me, and it was it was taught me by my parents first and then by some of my spiritual, you know, mentors when I was uh, growing up, the importance of getting into the habit of spending time with the Lord. And that's really what this is all about, right? Absolutely. I, and I, lo- I, I love this topic. And to your point about, you know, the eating and the drinking or the eating and the sleeping and the exercise, it requires discipline. Right. And, and I think to the degree that we spend time with the Lord, he's going to speak into all those areas of our lives too. So I think the primacy is just spending time in prayer with the Lord so that he can speak into every part of our life. Yeah. And to infuse us with the virtues and the and the graces and all those things that we need to be healthy in heart, mind, body, and soul. So, so let's maybe just set the stage. Let's talk a little bit about. Yep. So, why is this so important to do? You know, because I, I think that's worth hitting. A couple things hit hit me immediately. One is, you know, we're very enamored of this line that we we heard a friend of ours share from Frank Sheed. Some of you might know Frank Sheed. He was a uh, a great author in the twentieth century. He's written a number of books. There's a great book called To Know Christ Jesus. If you're looking for great Lenten reading, boom, you might want to pick that one up. To Know Christ Jesus. It's just extraordinary. But she'd said, most of us have mostly worldly minds with a few Catholic patches. And and he said that, I don't know, in the 50s or the 60s. So like how much more now living in this assault of media Mm -hmm. that most of us expose ourselves to on a daily constant basis, you know, between blogs and radio and news feeds and whatever it is we look at, we're just like, I have, I have, and I, I, I pray the way I pray. I read scripture the way I read scripture, but I have a mostly worldly mind. I know that with a few Catholic patches. So that's that's one reason why this is so important. And, and you know, we love this, the, the line in Romans 12, and I think it's Philip's uh, translation of it in his New Testament where he says, do not let the world squeeze you into its way of thinking. And man, doesn't that just nail it? Like every time I'm listening to the news, like that's what it feels like it's doing. It's like, Hey, I was feeling really good. And now I just heard what's about to happen. I'm like, Oh no, I'm getting squeezed into the world's fear and anxiety and stress. So those are, those are a couple of immediate reasons. Yeah. I'm just thinking as you're speaking, I mean, our minds are such a gift Mm. from the Lord. And so our minds are being formed by the world and all the fearful headlines and all the news of the day. Um, my gosh, if that doesn't leave us feeling like super down, like talk about a Debbie Downer. Do you ever have you know? this experience? Like th- this is actually, mm-hmm. this is very humiliating to acknowledge right now, but like I'll, I'll see stories on a news. Like I, I read the news oftentimes when I'm working out 
and I'll see a headline and I'll click on it and I can almost immediately hear the Lord say to me, why are you clicking are you on that? that? Why are you doing that? You know what that's going to do. Why are you doing that? You know, you are like, I do it anyway. It's like, oh man. And then it, what did it do? It squeezed me into the world's way of exactly thinking. Exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, you know, I, I want to say something too, if you don't mind. You know, there are so many, you know, the media is certainly one of them, but there are so many forces that are seeking to pull us away um, from the Lord and prayer and discipline. And I, I think often about b- busyness, not business, mm. but <laughs> busyness, you know, that, that all, to me that, that that's almost demonic mm. where, where we're just running at this frenetic pace. Yeah, that's the word that comes to mind. And we were talking about, you know, uh, just kind of making space for the Lord. If we press into busyness, we have necessarily squeezed him out, his voice, his inspirations, his spirit. We're just not being attentive to that. And then I think, at least in our days, we have so much more at our disposal, Father John, to distract us. Oh, yeah. We, we have so many distractions. I mean, in the course of your day, if you experience some sense of boredom, if we can even... But we, but we would say, right, we're, we're a culture that is easily bored. Oh, yeah. So what do we do? We often will reach for like our iPhone is the first thing we reach for, our iPad, something to distract us. And we could, we could talk more about that. Um, so we have the distractions. These are enemies to the spiritual life, busyness, distraction. I think the greatest distraction to the spiritual life um, is noise. I think it was the devil. What? <laughs> I think it was, I think it was uh, the devil, screw tape. Um, C.S. Lewis said, you know, noise is the music of hell. Yeah. And I think, gosh, you know, and, and you had shared a while back, share, share with everybody the, the comment. I think it was, I don't know if it was Conta LaMesa who talked about like all the birds that are in this oh, yeah. tree. This I love awesome this image. image. I, was, I was praying with this and he said, you, you know, like our minds, our, our, our minds are, are kind of like one of those trees that's beginning to blossom in late spring, early summer which is suddenly just this huge uh, attraction for all these birds. And so picture a tree filled with birds and they're all just chirping and singing and whatever. He says, that's like our minds. How true What the Lord is. wants to do is fire a shotgun in the air <laughs> so that the birds just fly away so that he can talk to us and we can listen. It's like, oh, I get that. Like, that's my mind. My mind's filled with birds. birds. <laughs> Bats in our belfry. Yeah. And, and here's what we know. That when we, when we can move into that practice of silence, great things the Lord can accomplish in that yeah. silence. Like God is not like in the earthquake. It's that quiet, still, small voice. Right. But it means we have to still our souls to do that. And that is so doggone hard to do. Yeah, so let's talk about how to counter this. And then maybe we can get really practical. Sure. So, so I, I think the, the simplest way to say how do you counter all this is you get away. And... And again, by getting away, we mean we carve out time. And it's, it, it, I want to be clear, this isn't to escape reality. And it's not just to like get in touch with myself, you know, or to mm-hmm. empty my mind of thinking. That's not what prayer is. Prayer, prayer is not emptying my mind of thought. Prayer is creating space for me and God to have a conversation. To me, prayer is, it's exactly that. Prayer is where we meet God. Right. And, and so, you know, we, we want to make sure that we can make this time so that we can connect deeply with God. We can feed our minds and hearts with truth, whether that's in scripture, most especially. 
and then just listening to the Lord, asking him, what do you want to say to me? And you, you had an awesome image as we were talking about this right before we started to record. What, what did you call this? Oh, I said, you know, uh, carving out time for the Lord in prayer is like a spa for the soul. Yeah, I love I mean, that image. That, that's where I need that deep tissue massage, that yeah. quiet, that peacefulness. Yeah, it's just, just just something silly maybe that comes with my no, feminine I, mind. I don't know. But I'll bet a lot of people relate to that. I was thinking immediately, like, I don't, I don't go to get a massage and I don't go to spas, but the, the image that, as you said that, what came to mind, I, I do have an inversion table because I have a bad back. Mm. And so I thought, ooh, what prayer for me is something like a spiritual inversion table. So like mm. when I'm on an inversion table, my, my spine decompresses. And so all the tension in my body like leaves my body. And and that's what prayer's like for me. It's like the father just says, come, come just away. Bring, bring me like, do you remember who I am? Bring me what you're anxious about. Ask me, tell me, yeah. waste Let's time talk with me, about be with this. me. And let me tell right. you again who I am. Okay, so so let's get really practical. And and by practical, I mean, let's let's try to talk about so how to do this on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, and maybe even on an annual basis. So the most important part is the daily basis, right? And, and, and simply put, it's this, like we have to make prayer a habit. And, and by that, I mean, so the image in my mind oftentimes is, you can, should, and it's great to like periodically throughout the day be texting, you know, like you and Steve texting each other. Hey, we need some milk. Hey, don't forget to pick up some cat food, um, whatever. Like you need to do that kind of stuff. Those are all like daily check-ins, right? But you can't have a relationship that's based on texting. You need to actually say, hey, we need to sit down and talk. And so it's great to be praying throughout the day. That's kind of like the little text, like, hey, I got a big meeting coming up. Help me, Lord. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Do that. But I need to talk with the Lord mm -hmm. in a carved out, dedicated, extended period of time. And I think, you know, back to your point about, you know, like real deep communication, that involves just not talking. Like, like that, that's active listening. You mean I have to be quiet? <laughs> you know, it's just carving out time to listen. Otherwise, prayer just becomes super functional, totally. right? And transactional. And um, yeah, so, so I love that. And you know, as long as we're talking about like the daily habit, I mean, all of us have different schedules and, and what, what I want to talk about isn't so much, I guess what I do want to talk about is like, when do you pray? And for some of us, some of us pray better in the morning and some of us pray, pray better in the afternoon. It depends on your family structure, your work life, all of those things. But I, the, the way I the way I think of prayer and I, I, I make my holy hour in the morning is it's kind of like going to the well Mm. and and filling my filling this reservoir up with that which I want to draw from all day long because I know if I don't drink deeply and come to that well in the morning I'm not going to have anything for anybody yeah. least of all myself to give away and press into does that does that make sense totally yeah I want to reiterate that I I, I think it's really important to to do two things the, the one thing in, in, in particular, maybe one thing um, is an encouragement, but it, it, it has to become a, a habit that we have some time every day carved out just to be with the Lord. For those of us who, who, who you know, don't do this yet, 
maybe you start with 15 minutes. If you're already doing that, start, go to 30. If you're already doing that, try to get to an hour. It, it takes me like 10 minutes to sit still, you know, at least quieter minds, get rid of those birds. Yeah. So yeah, cause there's a lot of birds in the tree. <laughs> so one, if, if you don't yet have it, have a habit, you gotta, if we're going to seriously develop a friendship with God, if we're going to whittle away the anxiety and the fear and the stress that is just plaguing us, if we're going to be filled with truth and confidence and hope, I got to talk to the one who's the source of our hope. And so the encouragement would be make prayer a almost like a calendar item. Some people have to do that, right? I lived with a guy in the seminary who had a post-it on his mirror. It said, pray. I said, what's that for? He says, uh, I have to have a note to remind me to pray. And I looked at him. I started to laugh. I go, you're kidding, right? And he goes, no, I really need a note to remind me to pray. I'm like, hey, you know who you are? I need Great. that visual reminder, right? Yeah. I, have a, I have a note in my calendar that says exercise yeah. because I'm challenged by yeah. that. And if I see it, I go, Okay, I got to uh, try to hold myself accountable to yeah. that. So, the, so yeah, schedule prayer. So the principle is like you got to pray every day. You got and for some of us that means we got to put it in our iPhone or we got to put it in our droid. You know, it's got to be on the calendar. And I want to just reiterate this is the encouragement. I, I especially if we don't pray in the morning, try it. And in the passage that I've always heard from the Lord with me on this is um, give me your first fruits. And watch what I do with it. And for, so for those of us who, who maybe don't have the habit of praying in the morning, just want to encourage you, try it. Try it for a week. Get up a little earlier. Give God the first fruits of your day and see if it makes a difference. See if filling up that well, to use your imagery, doesn't just change how everything happens that day. You know what is interesting too, Father John, just thinking about that morning prayer time. Like right now in Michigan, it's really dark, you know, when you get up at 5 a.m. But there's a stillness and a quiet and even the darkness lends itself to like being able to press into prayer much easier than if you're trying to like, you know, step away from a busy afternoon. And at the end of the evening, it's also a beautiful time to pray. But man, are we exhausted and are we tired and our minds have just been going Yep. Since the time we get up, there's something about morning just seems to be on so many levels, the most appropriate time to press in. Yeah. And I always found too, like when I, when I didn't have this habit yet, I'd get to the evening and I'd have every good intention to pray. And I'd say something like, Oh Lord, I'm really sorry. I'm tired. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Lord, I love you. Good night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so try it, try to try to get into that habit. But how about weekly? So maybe the question that I would pose here, cause there's so many things that we could do What's your Sunday look like? Because I think for most of us, it doesn't look very good. It looks like it looks like a day to get caught up on everything. What, here's one way to think about it. Is Sunday the end of the weekend or is Sunday the beginning of the week? Because the culture says Sunday is the, be- the end of the weekend. That's the, the church word. says Sunday is the beginning of the week. It's the way we begin the week. By reminding us, it's liberation day. It's the day when death was destroyed, hell was overcome, and I was remade by the death and resurrection of Jesus. And I've always loved the way the catechism talks about Sunday. Sunday is a day of protest against the servitude of work. I love that, Father John. And, you know, to your point, you know, back to Romans 12, you know, it says, you know, don't let the world squeeze you into a way of thinking. I think the world very particularly goes after Sunday. Yeah. And has actually co-opted it from 
families, all of us, yeah. right? It's a day yeah. to catch up. It's a day to go run errands. It's, yeah. The NFL thinks it owns Sunday. The NFL doesn't own Sunday. God does. Amen. And, and, and so, so let's just be clear. That doesn't mean like you do nothing on Sunday or that you can't enjoy a football game or that you, you can't do anything. That's not what the church is asking us to do. The church is always reminding us like, don't do those things which are compulsions, there's six days to do all that stuff. Let Sunday truly be a day of leisure. To do the things that you enjoy. Yeah, exactly. The things, that's a great way to say yeah. it. The things that you enjoy. So for some people, like, they love they love gardening. No one's gardening in Michigan right now, but they love gardening. Can you garden on Sunday? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, somebody who, like, has to do gardening for a living, you know, probably don't do gardening on Sunday unless you You're in the landscaping business? No, right. thank you. Right. Yeah, because because that's a that's a compulsion. So do the things that give you life. Find time especially to make sure the Lord's at the center of it. It's just a good thing, I think, for us to, to examine what does Sunday look like. Mm-hmm. And if you've got children at home, to teach them what Sunday's for. And Sunday becomes a day that you then will look forward to. Yeah. Because you know rest is coming. Yeah, exactly. Right? Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, what is, is, is Sunday's like a carrot. Dangling out Something's there. Something's out there. Okay, yep. I got a chance to breathe, a chance to catch up a little bit, a chance to enjoy family, a chance to enjoy friends, maybe a great meal, Big, you know, those yeah. kinds of things, right? And then, you know, the, speaking of, you know, our retreat this week, mm. annually, it, it's worth thinking about how can we make time every year for some sort of extended time away. Now, for some people, their schedules just don't allow this. Like, you know, not everybody can go away for a week on retreat. But maybe it's an overnight. Maybe it's just a day. Uh, maybe it's a weekend. And, and again, it's one of those things, if you haven't tried it, I encourage you to, to do it. Just like carve out the day. Like build, you know, every, every seven years in the Old Testament, the people were supposed to observe a year of Sabbath mm. where they didn't, till the land, everything just allowed itself to grow. Debts were forgiven, all sorts of things. And, and there's a need for us to, to establish some sort of like annual Sabbath you know, in addition to the weekly Sabbath where yeah. we just allow the Lord to replenish us. You know, I'm thinking about everything that we experience in a week and then everything that we experience in a month. And you look back at everything that you experience in a year's time. And the older we get, the years really pass quickly. When you go back and you revisit a year, it's the highs, it's the lows, it's the ups, the joys, the sorrows, all of that. And it's, it's like there's a cumulative effect on the mind and the heart and the body. I think it's one of the best gifts you can give yourself in any manner of way that you can do that there's a cumulative effect. And I think that we'll find, or I have found in my life, and I'd love to know your experience about this. As you press into this daily um, habit of prayer, and let's say you're actually praying this holy hour, do you ever have that experience that a holy hour just isn't sufficient. Oh, yeah. And do you find yourself at the end of the holy hour going, gosh, Lord, I could just, I wish I had more time to spend with you. And that's what, I mean, I'm looking so forward to this retreat because God has given me permission and, and I'm giving myself permission that it's just not an hour. I can waste so much more time to read that which I want to read, to journal, just to be still. And it's, it's to know him more deeply so we can go out and press into serving, serving 
you know, our brothers and sisters here in the church. But again, it's that cumulative effect. It's not sufficient after a while. Holy hour just isn't enough. Yeah. So I'm looking so forward to that. No, I, I hear you. I'm, I'm exactly the same way. Just a word on that expression we use a lot because sometimes people get confused by it. Prayer is not a waste of time. Um, prayer is wasting time. So a waste of time is something that was just pointless. Wasting time is something that you only do with people who are really special because time's so precious to us. So you don't just waste time with anybody. You waste time with the people that with you really enjoy. The people that you love. Who was it, Father John, who said, um, it was in a book we read not long ago, um, he said uh, time, he described time as the currency of friendship. Oh, and the I love that. primacy of our, I mean, the ultimate friendship is with the Lord, yeah. right? And I think that informs every other friendship, but I've, but I've always, I've loved that line. Yeah, so that's the exhortation this week. So, you know, like practical takeaways, get started, you know? So maybe for some of us, hey, daily prayer, not yet a habit, maybe in a fixed time, not yet a habit, give it a shot, try this week, see how it goes. For, for others of us, maybe my Sunday looks like anybody else's Sunday. It doesn't look like a disciple's Sunday. Let's try to make that different this coming week. And maybe for some of us who've got, you know, daily habits in place and Sunday looks pretty good. Although I don't know that most people, I don't think, I don't know anybody whose Sunday looks very good, quite frankly. Like I'm really afraid the Lord's going to say, you, you, you just never honored the Sabbath. I mean, I, I'm somewhat terrified by that actually. Um, for others of us though, maybe what we need to work on is, uh, is think about, especially with Lent coming, hey, maybe I'm going to find a way this year this Lent to get away for a day, to just spend a day at a retreat house maybe, or find a favorite place where you can just go and pray and, and, and waste time with Jesus, who, get this, loves to waste time with us. Like, that's the killer. That's mind-blowing. God right? loves to hang out with us. I don't know why. Like, what do I bring to the party? Zippo, right? <laughs> but God loves our company, and he wants to to shatter the anxiety. He wants to quell the fears. He wants to remind us again and again who he is, who we are to him, that we don't have to be anxious about what's going on, that there's a role for us to play in this world that we're living in right now, that he loves, that he's rescued. So because all this is true, God wants to be with you. <laughs> Do not be afraid. You were born for this. 